Hebrews chapter 11, I think um, about the weather this weekend, I think about church history, and, and uh, as I study church history, at the turn of the century and up until the, around the 40s and 50s, there was a lot of discussion as to whether or not there should be indoor plumbing or central heat and air and those type of things in the facilities of our church. Aren't you glad some people won those arguments? We have such heat this morning. The God of our faith is where we want to talk about this evening. I'm going to talk about faith for the next couple of Sundays as we go into um, the season in our church. And the great, the great verse on faith is found in Hebrews 11, chapter 1, that says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. And what does that mean? And I think about a situation in my life when, one of my, when my boys were younger, um, and my, my children have asked me to ease up on them in this new year as using them as illustrations, but they're both home sick this morning, so I'll take it out on them. But I remember one, one particular day, Grayson was just a toddler, and we were on vacation in Panama City Beach. And we were staying in a, in a place, and uh, Bree was uh, going to the pool. Grayson and I were um, headed that way. And as we were walking toward the pool, an elevator door opened up. And we weren't, we, I, I had no intention of getting on the elevator. We had to go around the elevator to get to the pool area. But Grayson sees an open door of an elevator, and he darts into it. I guess he's about two years old. And by the time that I see he's darted into it, the door closed and he's gone. And all that I can think about is the phone call that I'm going to have to make home to my dad and say, I've lost Grayson in an elevator in Panama City Beach and I, I don't know where he is. But the elevator, I look and the lights ding and I see that the, it's going up three flights and I was about 40 pounds lighter then. I was probably younger than Mike and Seth at this point. And I was 40 pounds lighter. I could move. Man, I, could, I, could, I could grease. I greased them steps now, I'm telling you. And as I'm going up there, I, as I'm going, it seems like an eternity to get to that third flight there where I know that the elevator door is going to open. But I'm, I have this hope. There's this substance of hope that I saw him get on that elevator. There's that substance of hope. And there's, but there's this evidence of not seeing until, I, until that elevator door opens up. So when I get to that third floor and that elevator door opens up and there's Grayson, it was faith. That's, that's the best way I can describe um, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I was hoping he was on there. I hadn't seen it, but I was hoping. I had faith that when that elevator door opened up, I would see his face. And I saw him, and he had no idea. He thought it was a cute little game. I told him, let's don't play this game ever again. My heart can't handle it. But we know that we live by faith. Everything, we, we believe to the point of action. We believe and we have faith to the point of action. We trust and we rely upon God in all situations. Every, every blessing that we've ever gotten from God came through faith. We were saved by faith. Romans 5, chapter, verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, 
we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And after we have placed our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and are saved by faith, we live the rest of our lives by faith. Hebrews 10.38, the writer says this, My righteous ones shall live by faith. So we know that faith is the most important element in our Christian existence. It's the most important thing on this journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I want to share with you this morning from Hebrews 11, verse 8 through 19, uh, a story of great faith involving Abraham, Sarah, and Isaac, and how the writer of Hebrews comes back so many years later and recounts this as we look at this great hall of fame of hall of faith here that is written in in Hebrews chapter 11. Let's read verses 8 through 10 and realize that God is bigger than our faith. Verses 8 through 10 say this, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose founder, whose designer and builder is God. God was bigger than Abraham's faith. If you go back to Genesis chapter 12 and read those first three verses there of God coming to Abram and, and describing to him what he's going to do in his life, I'll read it for you. This is the call of Abram before he becomes Abraham. The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Those are some mighty big promises that God made to Abram. Look at these promises. He said, I'm going to take you from the land where you live now, and I'm going to put you in a new land. And when I put you in that new land, I'm going to make a great nation from you. And uh, you will be blessed. Your name will be made great. And every nation afterward will be blessed because of you. God's blessings went much further than Abraham's faith. Abraham had no idea how great this blessing was going to be. He didn't know about the heroes of the faith to follow him. He had no idea about the great story of Joseph or of Moses and the Exodus. He had no idea about King David or Daniel in the lion's den or being thrown into the fiery furnace. Abraham had no idea that because of his faith, these great men from his lineage would follow him. He didn't know that we would still honor him. Some 6,000 years after this promise was made to Abraham, I'm here this morning using these scriptures to try to inspire you through Abraham's existence and his life and his own faith to inspire you to have greater faith this morning because this man had faith in God that he picked up and moved and went to a new land that he knew nothing about, but he followed God. He didn't know that his name would appear in the Bible. Some 4,000 years after this promise, the writer of Hebrews wrote this great chapter 
and began that great chapter with the story of Abraham and the promise that was made to him. God blessed his faith beyond expectation because because Abraham had such faith and was willing to move and to go into this new country, thousands of years later, the whole world would be blessed by the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Abraham set all of that into motion because he was willing to pick up and follow God in faith. God still blesses us today beyond what we ask or think. How many of you have ever prayed and you've been blessed beyond what you prayed for? Probably a whole great percentage of you here this morning have prayed prayers of faith and God answered that prayer greater than what you even prayed for. Ephesians 3 and 20, the Apostle Paul says this, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. God is able to do more than what what we ask or even think because of the power of the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells within us as a believer. We have the power of the Holy Spirit living and residing in us and when we pray, that power is available to us through those prayers. So just as Abram was had faith enough to pick up and move and go to a new land, and because of his move there that day, we are still being blessed this morning because he was obedient when God showed him a faith challenge. How obedient are you this morning when God when God tests your faith or when, or when you ask for something in faith, how obedient are you and how, how long-lasting do you think that will be? You see, I believe that uh, back in 1870, there was a group of people, a group of Baptist people living in a place called Cross Plains, and they wanted to have a place where they could come together and meet and worship and become an, a, a family of faith And so they established a church there in 1870, 147 years ago. Those faithful people established that church. And guess what? Because of their faithfulness in following God's leadership and being obedient to Him in doing that, you're sitting here this morning. Now what what thing of faith will you do in your lifetime that 147 years from now, someone may still be benefiting from the fact that you had faith enough to move. I'm grateful for those people who, who did that. God's is bigger than our faith. And then we see in verse 11, God is better than our faith. Read verse 11 with me. It says, By faith Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age, since she considered Him faithful who had promised. Look at Sarah. Sarah's accomplishment by faith. Abraham's wife, Sarah. God comes to Abraham in, um, in, the, in Genesis chapter 18 and begins to expound to him how this great nation will come about. She bore, Sarah bore the promised seed, which was Isaac. She was well past her age to do so. She, the Bible tells us in chapter 18 that she says to herself that she's well beyond the age of conceiving and that her husband is well beyond the age. They're very old people. 
but she was she had very small faith. In verse number 12, she laughed when she overheard the Lord tell Abraham that she would conceive a child. And then in verse number 15, she lies about laughing. But God honored her small faith and gave her a son whose name was Isaac. God honored that small faith. Sometimes my faith is small. Sometimes I look at the circumstances and I see during the holiday seasons, I take time out and I just kind of plan. And I plan for the coming year and I plan for what's going to happen. And I try to sit down and calendar things out. And I went way beyond that and I began to think about the next 20 years of my life. And, and that would put me at 35. Yeah, I'm just kidding. But I began to think about the next 20 years of my life and being productive in those next 20 years and what I can do and how I can do. And there are some things that I began to think about there that, that really were huge and looked kind of insurmountable. But I have faith enough to know that 20 years ago when I began on this journey with, with Jesus, that I would have looked at 20 years to where I am now and, and I would have never dreamed that that small faith that I had then could have taken me to the places where I am now. And I believe that over the next 20 years, God will do great and mighty things. And I will see God's work and God's hand in my life. I have that faith. Sarah had just enough faith that God used her. Think about the disciples and their small faith in Mark chapter 24. I mean in Mark chapter 4 beginning in verse number 35, when they leave and they get out on the sea and a great storm comes up. And how, where does it describe Jesus being? Jesus is asleep. Jesus is lying on a cushion asleep in the stern of the boat. And they're panicking. They're panicking. Jesus is on the boat, but they're panicking. And they go and wake Jesus up and they say, Lord, are you going to let us perish in this storm? And what does Jesus do? Jesus calmly gets up. He may have yawned, I don't know, but He says, peace, be still. Let me remind you, if you are a follower of Jesus, if you've repented of your sins and Jesus Christ, He's in the boat with you. Don't panic. And let me remind you, you don't have to go and wake Him up. He knows where you are. Sometimes we go in a panic in our prayers and it's like we're having to shake and wake Jesus up. Jesus is awake. And Jesus knows where you are. And Jesus knows what's going on. Trust Him and have faith. And let Him say, peace be still in your life. Jesus said this in Matthew 17 and 20. He told His disciples that if you have the faith of the size of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move. And you can move it. Just as we sang about earlier. And then look at this. God's promises build our faith. Read verses 12 through 19 with me this morning. Therefore from one man and, and him as good as dead were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. You're a stranger and exile on this earth. You don't fit here. You don't belong. But you're here. Live in faith. 
For people who speak thus <coughs> make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. That homeland of heaven. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac and your offspring be, shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Abraham took Isaac, this son that was promised to him, that was promised to be the father of this great nation, Isaac, Abraham took him as God tested his faith and was going to offer him up as a sacrifice to God, knowing that even if he did, God had the power to raise him from the dead. Abraham was able to do this because he knew the promises of God. He knew that God had promised him that Isaac would be the seed of this great nation, so his faith was to do whatever God commanded him to do. Our faith grows as we take in God's Word. Abraham's faith grew because he had had conversation with God. Have you had conversation with God? Are you... In this new year, have you taken up God's Word and set it in your lap and said, I'm going to finish this book through this year. I'm going to put a schedule together and I'm going to read God's Word through and through. Because Romans 10, 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of Jesus Christ. Faith grows as we take in God's Word. Take God's Word into your life. Think about the exploits of Bible characters that will make your faith soar if you take God's Word up this year and read it completely through. Think about Moses caught between Pharaoh's great army and the great Red Sea and God opening up the Red Sea and parting it and, and Moses being able to take over a million people across on dry land. Think about Joshua as he's going to conquer the, the promised land that God had promised to Abraham and Joshua goes in and, and the first thing that he has to do is conquer an unconquerable city called Jericho. And the walls of Jericho fall down at Joshua's feet as he's obedient. Think about David, a young shepherd boy who comes out to see his brothers who are at battle. And a giant named Goliath is blaspheming, blaspheming against the God of heaven. And it stirs up the emotions and the Holy Spirit living inside of this young shepherd boy. And he says, I'll go out and kill him. And he does. If you're not taking up God's Word and reading this, then you're not absorbing this. And you're not understanding how this same God can move in your life in great faith. So take it up and read it. And claim the Bible promises included in this book. True faith goes into operation when there are no answers. True faith goes into operation when there are no answers. When it looks unconquerable, true faith goes into action. When it looks insurmountable, when it looks hopeless, true faith goes into action. 
even when God, even when you have prayed and God has not answered the prayer in the way that you had prayed, true faith goes into operation to continue to follow God and know that He's going to use your circumstances. A group of believers got together 147 years ago and said we're going to establish a work here in Cross Plains, Alabama. This morning, I challenge you to take up what the, the mantle that they took up there 147 years ago and take up that faith that they had and take up and look toward the future and look toward building and look toward growing and look toward continuing in faith no matter how insurmountable it may look to continue in faith and to continue moving on so that if Jesus Christ does not return that 147 years from now some man will still be standing in this pulpit encouraging people to move forward and to win people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's my challenge to you today as a body of believers, is to take up a mantle of faith that Abraham did and to move forward and to say to this community, we want to win you to Jesus Christ. We want to take this situation in this city that looks unconquerable, that looks hopeless, that looks desperate, and we want to say Jesus Christ can move and, and, and do great things among us. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never established a faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe today is the day that you do that. Today would be a wonderful day for you to say, I want to begin that faith that Romans 5 verse 1 says, that we are saved by faith through the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask Micah to come to lead us in a time of invitation, a time of prayer, a time of worship and reflection. If you're here this morning and God is stirring you in your faith, would you come this morning if you need to know Christ as your Savior? I would love to take this Scripture and show you how to know Him and to know that you have eternal life. Maybe you just need to come and pray. Maybe God is moving in your life and He's challenging your faith. Maybe you would like to come and pray. Maybe you would like to pray about the future and the direction of Piedmont First Baptist Church and how we impact this community and how we impact the nations for the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever it is, would you stand and be obedient? Father, thank You for the opportunity to serve. Thank You for the opportunity to expound on Your Word. I pray this morning that you would open hearts to be receptive. In Jesus' name, amen.